Hi, my name is Kevin McDonald, and I'm declaring my independence. Independence from what? Why, negative thoughts and energy, of course. Chief among them, hate, division, and fear. You see, I know that we're all one, and together we can solve any problem, save our planet and each other. Please, join me as we come together as one and choose a better way to be. So now, let's begin with my independence report. Perhaps my most funnest and funner and funniest uh, episode of the week. Uh, this is uh, um, Transit Transient, and this is Eric Hall, who's over there. And he's got his name right there. And and Matt Shea, who's right there. They're both a couple of, one's a published author and one's a bidding or a budding author. And they're working together, and we have a good time talking about, I don't know, all kinds of stuff. Now, Eric brought this this subject to the table and i think it's pretty important so so eric the floor is yours sir you know i thought this was pretty damn exciting um biden harris i thought has been an amazing point in our oh in the last three months i think it's going to be a significant point in, in our history and of course history will be the judge of that like it like it always is, because this is a significant time. What a what a absolute shift in presidencies, and you know it is by track record that presidents are pretty much the opposite of the previous president before. Yep. It's rare that there's some sort of you know a logical progression, which you know keeps our adversaries somewhat at bay at our our. Uh, uh, our fellows uh, sort of confused about what's exactly going on, but you know, they can rely on the American people to uh, be who they are through the years. We're like now, a pendulum. We're like a pendulum. And we've been scaring people over the past 20, 30 years by swinging into an extremism, Correct. a far right extremism. We've scared some people. Uh, because we swung into this weird fundamentalism that's uh, sort of risen to the top where now racism and uh, this uh, homeland uh, expression that uh, came out of Germany so many years ago that we fought in World War II is now sort of ingrained itself into American politics. And that's, you know, basically scared a lot of the world. And a lot of the world isn't uh, innocent of that either. There's been a lot of extreme right-wing politics. You know, Europe has suffered from it. Uh, we've seen them uh, go through the same sort of right-wing politics, though they have different definitions of it. But what's significant about this, and what my point is, things are uh, spherical. It always comes around again, right? Yep. Comes in fashion, comes in art, comes in politics. So here we are again. And this is what's so significant about Biden-Harris. And maybe it didn't take a world war this time. Maybe the world war was through media, through protests, through, uh, when I say media, I'm talking about social platforms is now where we're getting to talk to uh, real people mm -hmm. in real time about social issues. And uh, we're having sort of a split 
down the middle about who who is who and what our opinions are, and we are somewhat divided. You know, that's true. Very much like a war, right? Mm-hmm. And out of every war, better angels appear, just like what we talked about. What was that last week, two weeks yep. ago? Better yep. angels appear. And here we are. I think we've got some better angels. And Kamala Harris said it best because she's using the phrase American aspiration is a definition of who we are. We've always had these aspirations of becoming something great. We've always been on the leading edge of uh, creativity. You know, we can, we can claim the flight started here. Wright Brothers, you know, it was happening around the world, but the Wright Brothers were the first. The auto industry, okay, the Germans invented the first car, Mercedes, but the Americans were the ones that really uh, made uh, the assembly line happen. Henry Ford. And Henry Ford brought it to, to where it was. And then electricity. Thomas Edison. We're the ones, Thomas Edison's, and we're the ones that brought it to every household in that country. Now, that wasn't just making sure everybody had lights on at night so that they could come home after dinner. That was a way to connect every household to every household across the nation. This started to connect us. And with telephones, that started the information process that followed the electricity. So here we are again. World War II was significant, as you guys know, in... Uh, research and development, we took all that technology because the technological leaps were amazing during World War II. Flight, uh, space, um, communication technology, I mean, you name it, uh, engines, turbine engines, uh, anywhere, anywhere where technology was needed, we developed it because we had to beat the Germans. And let's face it, we barely beat the Germans because of jab good at technology. We got to give the Germans their due because for such a little country, it took the whole world to yep. organize themselves and beat the yes. Yes. <laughs> well, on that note, they had those who defected from Germany to America, and that gave us an edge. That gave us an edge. That's what it took, really. The beginning so, of the nuclear age, yep. Beginning of the nuclear age. So they brought all that home after the war, and we developed uh, the highway systems. We developed, gonna, yes. I, I was going to mention that one because the interstate system uh, took us from, what was it? Uh, Matt, you might know better than I. Uh, it took, uh, to go from New York to L.A., it took like uh, five or six or seven days. And the, and the Go ahead. It was, it was Dwight D. Eisenhower who was referred to as the engineer, and he learned that from World War II tactics and also how Hitler's group would build roads to go into battles. Well, he was the one that made the freeways for America. He started in 1957, and the project was completed in 1969, but that was Eisenhower's military know-how. How the hell did you know that? Maybe I've looked it up same. recently. Is this just for fun? <laughs> I hate to sleep at night. I'm looking up something. I see. Okay. 
<laughs> well, and I I remember when uh, now we live in Seattle. I remember when I five was built. Uh, the first time we drove from our house, which was in Ravenna, got on the freeway and went to Northgate. Northgate used to take twenty from Ravenna, about 20, 25 minutes on surface streets to get to. It Jeez. took five. Amazing. Um, so, so that was that. All of these things. You're you're right, uh, Eric. All these things have have we've been in the forefront of what's been happening in the world until the last twenty years. And we stopped putting money into infrastructure. Now I can't stress enough how much impact that had on manufacturing and education, because highway systems had so much effect on the availability of technology and communication. Just abruptly, like you said, from 20 minute travel to five minute travel. So that across the country and everything else, that kind of formula was there. So we had all of this information, all of this uh, availability was right there in front of us and we just exploded. And then somewhere in the what, the 60s, the 70s, we stopped putting so much money into our infrastructure and our GDP. We used to put in, oh, about 3% of our GDP into research and development. Gross and, national product, by the way. Yes. Gross domestic product. And now it's down to about 1.2% or something, you know, pretty pitiful from what it used to be. And 3% is not a huge amount. It's just enough to keep things going. And there are things that government can do that's significant and things that government can't do. You know, government, like for instance, uh, government did put together the internet. Mm -hmm. They're the ones that did the internet. Now, the internet is infrastructure. And it is infrastructure today because it is attached to everything that we need it to be. It's attached to medical information. Our doctors use it. So our patients rely on it. Our doctors rely on it. If somebody's in surgery, they're relying on that. Uh, what is a 5G right now is uh, relevant to what their needs are. Our military is reliant on 5Gs. Our students, since we're going to make this past year, education has been relying on the internet. We cannot get by without the internet. Therefore, it is infrastructure. There is no other definition for it anymore. So very much like electricity, where every household should have access to it, the internet available to every household. Man, I think we lost him. Eric, you still there? I'm still okay. here. There's an there's well, a perfect example. <laughs> <laughs> he did that for that's a perfect example thank you Harry. <laughs> sure <laughs> that was a fine demonstration young man thank you now yes now i have a question and i'm from the outside looking in i'm getting an education out of this we initially greatly supported international trade to unify the world and we're all breathing economically to the good. And then that has also hurt us when we've had an imbalance against our favor. And so in regards to the economy and what we're talking about, do we have to be leery about that? Because this is basically positive 
production being generated within our country, as we always did, to get back to that. How does this affect our international trade? In other words, there was talk about we got too many jobs leaving the country. Let's get them back in. Uh, Can I answer that? Do you have an answer for that, Eric? I do, but you go ahead. Uh, okay. okay. I, one of the issues that we've had is that manufacturing, they find it cheaper to go to Mexico. They find it cheaper to go overseas because the labor force works for a lot less money and then what the American workers need to work for. Where World War II came into play was that when the guys came home, there was tons of infrastructure, tons of things that needed to be done. There's lots of construction that needed to be done. Things needed to be repaired and put together. So they essentially built the middle class after World War II, and that by building the middle class, they allowed people to buy their homes. They allowed people to live better than they would have otherwise. Um, go, go ahead, Eric. That, well, that's my thoughts. You're right on spot because this is what's so, this is also what is so significant about this uh, jobs uh, jobs plan. And man, if you guys get a chance, anybody out there gets a chance to go to the White House uh, fact sheet and read this, it will it might take you a weekend to go through this and fully get a breakdown of all of the details involved. But it's fully it's fully uh, comprehensive. And it, it encompasses everything. And it talks exactly what you just mentioned. It's talking about uh, bringing people um, into new green jobs and training them. So let's say coal miners, uh, taking them out of the mine and training them to do new green jobs, which may take, you know, a six-month training course. But here's something significant about uh, green jobs versus uh, non-green jobs. A dollar invested into green jobs brings back uh, two to three dollars more than a dollar invested into a standard economy. So the reward down the road is two to three times more than what the old economy would uh, offer. And it's more so, environmentally friendly. And it's more environmentally, more environmentally friendly. Now, this, of course, this, we're talking about trillions of dollars. This is a very expensive project if it's done the way it's presented. And what's interesting about this, if it's done the way it's presented, it could pay for itself in 15 years through its own tax revenue on paying for itself, the people that are getting the jobs and getting out in the world and paying their taxes, uh, growing our economy, and those taxes are paying those jobs back. Then after 15 years, it starts to pay the deficit down versus not where we continue on what we're doing and still increasing the deficit like we do every year and not moving into new areas. <clears throat> Let's see. Yes. Yes, I'm enjoying this so far, and it sounds great. We have the controversy, do we or don't we go to the metric system, or what side of the road do we drive on, because there's a discrepancy worldwide. And so in regards to green, is it a given that the entire planet is doing that, 
or we basically trend centers once again. And in the process, there'll be those that have to come up to speed with us. Am I making any sense with that question? Of course. Well, yeah, you are. Because um, I think when you're talking about cars that are mass manufactured, there is a certain amount of efficiency of making cars that are all right-sided driving vehicles, correct? Is that well? For Well, for example, just that whenever we have a trend going on, it could in some way cause a division like you have a choice instead of everything unified. What you are saying about this new plan and going green, it sounds absolutely perfect. The however part is how many are going to be joining that direction. Um, we're the ones that are actually joining the direction. We are down the list when it comes to green technology. We're not even, man, I think we're like 13th in the world right now when it comes to green technology. Um, the Chinese are ahead of us by billions as far as their research and development. And the Chinese aren't even close to establishing themselves on a daily basis as far as usage as uh, Europe, like the Swedes and Norway, they're already, they're, um, they're already using green technology mostly. Their carbon footprint is way lower than ours. They're pretty clean compared to where we are. We're in catch-up mode. So when we're talking about developing new technologies, we're playing catch-up. We're going to be using a lot of their patterns on our infrastructure just to catch up in our rural areas. But as far as breaking new technologies, we're going to be relying on our uh, we're going to be relying on our corporations to develop uh, the lead on those things like Tesla, the American ingenuity. American ingenuity, we're going to have to invest in their research and development. And, and, you know, that means the SpaceX, you know, thank God we still have a lead in those things. And we, we have that, uh, we have you, that uh, okay space program. That? No, because I had to come back to, you know, the SpaceX program that Trump started. And, you know, at least we started that. <laughs> <laughs> you, at least that like got started. Yeah, you look like you were having a gas attack or something. I, am, <laughs> I have to accept the fact that Trump started that, and that yeah. was a good thing that he started. So I'm giving him kudos for that. What and see now, now I got a question for both of you guys. Yeah, and this is what I don't really don't understand. Do you remember when uh in I believe it was 1960, in his inaugural address, John Kennedy said, and we are going to get to the moon by the end of this decade and do the other things that he had mentioned. Yeah. Because he they made that, whether or not you believe in the moon landing or not is irrelevant to this discussion. But I believe it. I believe it, too. I was there. I, I saw it on TV. Uh, but uh, um, think of the innovation that came out of developing the, uh, um, the, the uh, technology for the moon, you have Tang. You have uh, uh, Tang, which was a major one, by the way. Velcro. Uh, Velcro. You have you 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 had um, um, uh, the, the, the nonstick surfaces for the you know. Oh yeah. Uh, duct tape. 
Yeah. <laughs> that's how they put it together, duct tape. So everything that we do that's infrastructure-wise, we're not just developing that one little thing. We're developing the tools to make it work on a whole bunch of things, and it stays inside the country. That's one of the things that Biden and uh, and Harris made very, very clear in their presentation, which was that we buy American, we build American, we're going to put all this together for America. And it's That's going right. to be everything that we're doing is they're not going to outsource it to, to no. other countries or to do that. They're going to all do it here. And then, as, as an example, my son, who's in Japan, today can get on a, on a train that can go 100 miles an hour. We ain't got that here. No, and it's shameful that we don't. Yeah. So, so all of these things, I, I agree, is a two billion dollar, two trillion dollar plan. But I, I agree, we have to do, we have to do it to maintain, to catch up, and then to maintain our ingenuity and who we are. Because and and also schools have to be upgraded, and and they're also talking in that same plan. Aren't they talking about uh, paying for two years of uh, community college? Yes. That's right. Two years of community college will be uh, government subsidized. Yeah, it'll be, you know, like high, I mean, it'll be like high school. And exactly, because let's face it, uh, during World War II, a high school education, what was needed for the technological requirements at the time, for the technological requirements of this time, at least two years of high school or two years of college is necessary now. Yeah, or, or <laughs> trade school. Or <laughs> trade school. That's, That's the other right. thing. Matt, did you, you had a comment? A couple of things here. I've always felt that our government was obligated to pay for our education, that just for the fact that we are citizens and as someone moves forward picking a career, that the government should meet them halfway. It shouldn't be grants or loans. When we had the SST project, the further we went, the further non-cost effective, the further bankrupt, but the more technology we got out of that, then the last minute they were 90 some odd percent done and they pawned it off to Air France. But it's funny what you say, like the Apollo. The Apollo, we had to do a rush job from JFK to get it done within the 60s and the technology that came and a lot of it by default. Not too long ago, within the last 25 years, America was thinking out loud on our space program and they wanted to come up with the writing utensil that was guaranteed to work, regardless if they were upside down that. And the Soviet Union intervened and said, look up the word pencil. And we spent a million dollars. No, we we spent a million dollars on a pen that would write upside down. I know. <laughs> I, I I interviewed the guy who developed that technology. Did you really? Yeah, he he was an older fella when I interviewed him, but and but that was that was a big deal. It was a government contract, and they wanted a pen that could write in any position, and so he helped develop that, and his company did. I forget the name of the company, but well, you know, <laughs> a spaceship that splashes down, you know, you do want some ink rather than pencil. So it makes sense. Yeah. Well, and and now they're coming up with uh, spaceships that don't have to splash down anymore. See, they can actually land. There's a bold idea. 
and that'll save that'll save a lot of money in in uh, in finding them and and redoing them. So it's it can be an exciting time. Matt, go ahead. Well, you commented about American technology on the threshold for the infrastructure and how we are going to contain it within America, that that's our stuff. One of the things that got JFK in trouble is that he was openly sharing quite a bit with the Soviets, and there's a lot of different theories why what happened in Dallas happened, but that's one of the theories behind it that he was sharing too much of our stuff. Very possible. Very possible. That's one of these days we'll have to do talk about uh, the assassination of JFK and each of us each of us is old enough to remember to have been there so we need to talk about that at one point um, but the <laughs> back to Eric's point on infrastructure I I wanted to make this point is that if if we were to make a decision as a country that we were going to Take every house and 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 put airproof or not air. Um, um, what am I looking for? Um, to to make them more energy efficient. If we were to take every home and make it more, do you know how many jobs that would create all by itself? Oh, it's huge, huge. We don't, we don't have enough people. In fact, I don't think to uh, to do that. If we were to uh, put uh, insulation and and stuff in every every home in a, in the country, and think of the money that we would save in electricity. That's right. Our carbon footprint would come down. People would have money to spend on goods and services. You know, there's a there there's a there's a novel idea. What do you think, Matt? It sounds fantastic. The greater the technology, the fewer the labor force. And my dad was a huge ship buff. And one time we were at the waterfront and there was a huge car carrier that carried thousands of cars throughout the ocean. And he said on the high seas, it only takes four men to operate that large ship because things are so greatly automated. And if you look at the cruise size of say World War One, World War Two ships, and then today's stuff that has far more power to it, the crews are greatly reduced for obvious reasons. And so I like going the right direction and initially it'll be jobs, but are we talking about a big picture where because of the technology, the efficiency, that the workforce is now cut down because we advanced another way? Well, let me give you an example of that and, and uh, then then Eric, I'm sorry to cut you off. but uh, No, good. Um, Thank you. Um, I was reading yesterday, I know it's hard to believe, but I actually was, and uh, it was, the headline was, gas shortages this summer. Yes. And and I, I said, what? Yeah, we've got shale, we've got lots of oil, we've got all this stuff, but we are having shortages of the human element. We don't have enough drivers. To get to all the gas stations that are that are uh, um, gas truck drivers and stuff, and it's the same thing. Like my son is he he went to uh, a trade school, and he is a diesel mechanic by trade, but he specializes in high rise equipment 
and uh, and stuff. They can't find people to do that. Like, they, there, there aren't enough people to do that stuff. So we've got, and it's good paying jobs. They're paying forty dollars an hour for uh, for That's our diesel. Yeah, for money. a diesel mechanic. Now they get a little dirty, uh, granted, but so we've got we and, and I consider that infrastructure. There are always jobs, you know, with technology changing, you know, they used to talk about that with the horse buggy drivers or the farmers that would be out of work with the uh, new uh, pickers that would be put out. You know, what, what are the farmers going to do? You know, what are they eventually they're retrained for new work because there's always new work to be done. And that's part of the jobs bill. I mean, like getting back to transportation, just, just to, you know, support your point about this, Matt, there's going to be 621 billion invested into the trans transportation infrastructure because for every, about 20% for every, out of every five miles of highway out there, out of roads out there, uh, one mile is uh, rated in poor condition. Yeah. And there's 45,000 bridges out there that are also in poor condition. Now, that's a lot of years of job security. And not only that, you know, the cost and delays in traffic, that's $160 billion a year collectively or $1,000 a person uh, in what in wasted fuel. Yes, Matt. Not too long ago, our state of Washington voted to upgrade the roads two reasons we needed it and number two good jobs a lot of people are going to be working these projects good well i know west seattle whew, man that needs it oh you yeah know, I, don't, I don't know what the current status of that is but i've heard that uh, they were getting some bids to get the lower to get the upper bridge fixed and uh, they were thinking that would get done by what was it, 22? The end of 22, that seems awfully optimistic to me. But it's basically struts and, yeah. I used to work off the Duwamish River, and that was our rock ship that hit the old West Seattle Bridge, the Ruth Ralph Nestlin incident. Well, the new bridge up there, they said it's too high to get hit. I was working downriver, and we were just told the bridge was hit. A ship was coming in that had no ballast, so it was riding where you could see the red water line almost entirely above the water level. Its booms were fully extended because what's the use? That bridge is so high. One of the booms hit the mid-span, crumpled oh, the boom in it, but the momentum of that ship going, it did some damage to it. Oh, my gosh. Yes. But you wouldn't Man, think that it happened. Yes. But that bridge had been hit before. I was down river when it happened. We wow. saw the ship come down, a lot of damage to it. It just, the tide was high. Everything was just right. Murphy's Law came into effect. I'll be damned. Because that's such a skinny river at that point, too. But it's one of the most treacherous rivers in the world. And it's also declared international waters. Seasoned captains are the only ones that can do it because the ships have got to be, they have to lose a tug-of-war contest with tugboats because they have to go full speed 
using their propeller so they could steer the rudder while they're being towed backwards and guided by two tugs one way, a third one, and kind of snake it through. And in Ralph Nestlin's case, whether it was a ploy to get federal funding for the bridge, because that's how it <laughs> played out. That's the pay, that's the patent place theory behind it. Jeez, but yes, man. but that's all going on in that narrow channel. That's and wild. Bridge is not that old. No, it's not. Yeah, I remember that being built. That's you know, that's in our lifetime. Oh, certainly. And now it's 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 uh it's can't be used. Think of the amount of fuel that's being wasted by people sitting in traffic going down on the lower bridge, which is much smaller and and takes a lot longer and they've got to go through surface streets and all of that. Yeah. A feature that bridge had that was kind of backwards, it had pipes running through it designed for hot water to travel to melt the icy surface where you're talking about a span that's going to sway a little bit just because of its weight and the ground it's covered suspended and you're talking about hollow pipes that contract and then they never knew where the hot water was going to come from so they had kind of a questionable design flaw going into this among other things the bridge is not that old we're probably still paying for it probably probably well and and think about you know the things that we've built that uh are no longer with us it's like uh, we we're still the city of seattle is still paying for the kingdom i love that i love that i heard rumor that most recently the aqueducts are still performing just fine leave them alone <laughs> I think we should bring the kingdom back personally. <laughs> I enjoyed the kingdom. I thought that was great. I, I I saw Paul McCartney in there. That was a, that was a great concert in '76. But it's it's long gone now, and they still are paying money for it. Um, so the what we need to do as a country is, is to build our infrastructure is to do it correctly uh, and to do it not to do it on the cheap. You know, it's, right. it's 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 like. We're we're paying, we're getting on to roads that are completed by the lowest contractor, the one who paid. We're paying the least rather than the best job possible. Exactly, um, it's the wrong thinking. You know, you get it done, get it done correctly. You know, get it done so you can use it. You know, sixty years from now and know that it's going to be good for another hundred years. We we are see the three of us are are not going to be here in 50 years but it would be nice if the infrastructure that we're talking about today was completed so that our children and our grandchildren will be able to utilize it matt go ahead do you remember the comedian robert klein oh yeah, yeah. he was talking about neil armstrong the moonwalk everything and the contractors not just mcdonald douglas he goes well, what do they do they go to the lowest bidder, sprint, then they imitate talking, and you can hear that static. Yeah, it was, it was funny. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that day. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, we've got to get rid of that mentality. And, we've got, and I really like, uh, I listened to part of uh, President Biden's speech. That's kind of got a nice ring to it, President Biden. Anyway, uh, I was listening to part of that speech, and they were talking in terms of grand things, not 
band-aid shit, but grand things to really put America back where America belongs at the top. Exactly. I think they're saying it just the way that we're talking about it here. You know, uh, try to do it right. Make every effort to sink the money in needed uh, and get it done. Uh, step on the step on the podium and say American aspiration is back and make it happen. Yeah, man. Do you remember the whoops project and sats up for the nuclear reactors? Yeah. Those were three out of state contractors that did the lowest bidding. They worked against each other. It was the first time the United States of America ever sold stock at itself and people from the East coast got first opportunity. They bought up all the stocks. These contractors bankrupted us to the point where they lost their life savings on the East Coast and they walked away from the project. But they were going for the lowest bidder and it was an Abbott and Costello who's on first and they didn't get it done right. And they said all that farmland, that was all industry ready to come in. Communities that were going to get free electricity just because they lived there. This you know, is... Go ahead. ahead. No, no, I was going to go ahead, Eric. I was. This is where politics really has, in my opinion, taken an ugly turn. And again, I voted for this guy, and I don't mind saying it publicly because I've changed my mind about a number of things as I grew older. But when Reagan said, you know, um, the government is here and here here to help is one of the worst things that could happen. Um, I think he was wrong. Because government is capable of doing some things well if they're given the tools to do so. You have to have the mindset for success to be successful. If you go in to any project, doesn't matter if it's a private person, if I've got my truck out there, my, my, my wonderful, my favorite vehicle in the world, a 1996 F-150, and I've got... Uh, Oh, let's say a starter. That's the only thing that I haven't changed on that F-150 yet. <laughs> and let's say I, I go to, I've, and it's uh, not uh, every 60th time about, you know, it doesn't turn over. So I know the starter is going. And let's say I go to the junkyard and I pick one up for 10 bucks and I pull it off some, you know, ratty old F-150 and I put it on my truck. And it, it, uh, it works, you know, and about 10 times it's dead. Whose fault <laughs> is that? That's my fault because I threw, you know, cheap. I took the cheap course out. I should go get a really good starter because I've sunk a lot of money into my beautiful F-150, right? Right. So I go buy a new starter that's made by Ford and I've sent, put it in there and it'll start every time for the rest of my life. That's the only vehicle I'm going to need for the rest of my life. That's the way we should approach all of our infrastructure from now on. Yes, Matt. Yeah. I agree. I used to be a trucker just for a little bit, and we've all seen what happens to retreads. You're getting a good deal. They look good. They're all over the freeway, and they're known to cause horrible accidents at those That's freeway right. speeds. But momentarily, you could put a nice-looking Band-Aid and none's the wiser. That's you right. You get what you pay for. Get what you pay for. That's, That's right. right. I want to know who named... Those three nuclear power plants, whoops! Because <laughs> that was that was the perfect name for that project. Whoops, we didn't. Oh, we screwed up. 
Um, whoops, we shouldn't have done that and uh, and stuff. But we do that all the time, and we need we need to change our ways. Uh, we we really do. And, uh, and the I, only thing the only thing I'd want to do with those things is get a large hot air balloon and a dragon, you know, like a Macy's Day parade, and get a big mean looking dragon and float it over one of those nuclear things and just have it. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's well, badass. Gentlemen, I'm afraid that we are we're gonna have to exit them just a little bit early. I'm sorry. Um, but uh on uh because I can't I'm not sure that you guys can continue if I go. Um well we could try it. You want to try uh, it and see if no, I don't I don't want to be cabinless. <laughs> so I wouldn't know how to I don't know how to do that. Well, I don't know. If I leave the studio, you guys may still be able to do this, and then when you leave it shuts it down. Uh, we we could try that if you'd like, and you guys can continue to talk. I nope. love Eric Capizas, <laughs> but he's better having one third than one half of me. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, Eric, what would you like to say before we go? Keep your aspirations high, Matt. I admire your guts, your courage. You get these issues that pertain that can be sensitive. You're warm about it, and they're eye openers. I got quite an education out of this one. You did it again, Kevin and Eric. You are sensational. You're fun. Actually, this Man, was Eric's deal. Eric, Eric brought this to the table. I think it was a great conversation. I had a terrific time. Thank you. And you know, Paulette thank thinks, you, Biden Harris. And Paulette thinks it was a great conversation too. And. Thank you, uh, She's going to have to. I'm going to make her be on the show one of these days. We're going to have Good. to. We're going to go to her house. Good. And, and, yes. <laughs> Good. We'll go to Montana and we'll do. Is that, that where she is? Up. That's where she is. And we'll drive on the highway there. Oh, yeah. 95 miles an hour. Nobody that's will right. care. That's right. That's, that's cool. Matt, thank you for being here. Are you going to be here next week, Matt? Oh, yes. Okay. And Eric, you're required. Good. So, so I will that's, be here. I'm looking forward to only it. if Paulette's going to be around. Uh, she she likes us. She really <laughs> likes us. So, hey guys, thank you so much for being here. It's been fun. I got to go have my eyes examined now and my brain fixed. So I got to go. Good luck today. So, Good luck. Today. Thanks, thanks guys. You have a great day. Thanks. Hey, and thanks for listening to this episode all the way to the end. Hey, pretty cool. Hey, don't forget to follow us so you can receive regular updates and new posts. And remember, take care of each other because each other's all we've got. See you next time on My Independence Report.